We are recording. Not the baying. <laughs> Not the baying. <laughs> that song in my sleep. <laughs> my day to day, I will just be washing dishes. Who am I kidding? I don't wash dishes. I'll be oh walking in blue, and we'll just be like, "Not the bay, hey!" <laughs> and I just like to try to enunciate it as much as possible. Ugh. Not the bad yang. It's so good. Um, do you know what I saw a video of today? Or no, it was like two days ago, and I forgot how much I love it. It's that man that sings like, he sings like ad libs with the Golden Girls theme song. He's like, no, 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 no. I love it. You don't it. know what I'm talking about? I do not. <laughs> I, will, I will send it to you. I, if I had any like high level singing ability, it's just so good. But like, he just like, he harmonized the whole time and then he like rips his wig off at the end and he's just like really going full church lady and it's very very funny send me a link okay um not the baying not the yeah. baying let's get into today's episode mm-hmm. trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit <laughs> Hi. Hello, we're back. Back again. We're back. I know, after a little bit of a pause. Welcome back to QBT. We are two queer babes. I am Shawnee. And I am Maddie Germs. And I just said that we're two queer babes. <laughs> uh, but we're here talking about mental health, pop culture, politics, bussies, wet ass pussies, everything. Yeah. We're doing it all. White and pasty. <laughs> how are you my lovely i feel like we connected briefly last week yeah and we didn't connect a lot before that and we didn't really connect a lot after that how you doing i'm good i am in a new spot i think i touched on this last week and having a lot of that stuff kind of finally solidified things have their place storage has their storage clothes have been hung i am there's a c here there is a washer and dryer here i'm in a new closet the square footage is the same if not less but it is like stacked on top of each other it feels like i have a bedroom and a workspace it's so you left me a present and I had to go pick it up. And yeah. um, I peeked into your new place without your permission. And it's cute in there, girl! Yeah, it's cute. I'm excited to be here. It um, it definitely feels solid to be in a space. And I've been in apartments for a long time. I'm happy to be in a house sort of thing. And I've got some really rad housemates that kind of are expanding the little COVID bubble a little bit just because mm-hmm. they're we're pretty much sharing exact space at this moment and it's just nice to be able to see my friends in the garden and like it's cute I'm enjoying it um in a new closet learning new sound techniques so if we sound <laughs> different it's because I haven't figured this fucking thing out yet but um yeah I'm glad we took a break I felt really stressed um how are you doing I'm hot look at the do you see the, the- sweat glistening on my chest right now yeah it's very sexy it's fucking hot y'all it's it was like 100 <laughs> degrees in portland this weekend and i don't think it ever stopped but aside from that i am uh, i'm doing great i'm doing real 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 good i mean it's a complete like almost 180 from you know what the listeners probably heard last week we were sort of well i was sort of going through some things yeah. um you were in the middle of a move um but we will later on in this episode sort of talk. Yeah, let's talk about, about it. That. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I I want to explain things and I feel like there, there are things to be learned from 
my breakdown not too long ago. Okay, I mean, I don't know if I call it a breakdown, but I hear it. I was like, complete. I <laughs> cut my hair off, and Blue's hair is now dyed purple. What? It's really? not. None of those things happen. Oh, but... I was like, your hair does not look <laughs> cut, and I don't think that you do that to your dog. So, don't think. You're like, with me with, like, you're like, that's tacky. I would never do that. No, Blue wouldn't let me. He'd be like, what? Not that color. <laughs> not the bayou. <laughs> Way to bring that back around. Like. Oh my God. Okay. Um, let's move into some pop culture and politics. I feel like music, especially two weeks not coming back together. Um, mm -hmm. What do you listen to? What's what's up? So I um, have been listening to this uh, Jaguar album, EP, by uh, Victoria Monet. If you don't know Victoria Monet, she, is, she is one of Ariana Grande's um, songwriters. Oh. I think she wrote Seven Rings and Thank You Next, yes. or one of the two of those. Anyways. Read a post about this woman, had never heard of her before. Right. Until, got it. Yeah. And ignore that part, because I know some people feel a way about Ariana. Um, the album itself is great. The title track, Jaguar, is just, it's this, um, I don't know, it's like, it has it's this, dreamy. Like, it's dreamy as this jungle sort of like drum underbeat meets yeah. like some funk kind of. It's it's, it's really nice. Um, and the wordplay, I I see the songwriting songwriting skills that Victoria has because I mean she has a lot of good wordplays in her lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, the very first song on that EP, "Moment," I think it came out a long time ago, maybe almost like a year ago. But like hearing it again was just like, oh yeah, I forgot about this song. It's really yeah. Good. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Cute. I listened to the title track like right before we started recording just because I didn't know who she was or hadn't heard it yet. It was cute. I think it it might need to grow on me, but I hope, I wish, I love it when songwriters who have been proven songwriters forever kind of jump out of that and are like, wait, I'm actually able to do this on my own too, you know? Yeah. Um, I like think about Santi Gold a lot in that way, who just like yeah. wrote so much stuff and then I think had a certain level of fame and acclaim at, and also was a little bit always going to be this kind of sort of underground artist. Like, um, and she is one of my favorite songwriters. I love her so much. I guess like the public chose MIA instead of her. But. There was a moment where it felt like either you like Santa Gold or you like MIA. It's well, I like both. Other. So what about it? Then you are bi. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, speaking of bisexual, I love this Miley Cyrus song so much. A lot of other people. I think it sounds like okay. I I think it sounds like a song the weekend would sing. It's just my listen. Ew. I know, but you got to now listen to it. Listen to it after I said that, and at least the beat, like the uh, the actual beat in the production, sounds like a the weekend song. Maybe not the lyrics, maybe not mm. the voice, but I'm okay with yes. it. Now that I now that I heard that part of it, I'm sort of like, oh, dang it! Now I don't like it as much. I did not um, think about that uh, connection. I don't know. I I feel I think it's I think it's way cooler than that. I don't know. I I guess I couldn't tell you if it sounded like the weekend because I would have to have listened to the weekend to know what that sounds like. You don't um, need to do that. <laughs> I just I. I love Miley Cyrus. I know the, the thing that I don't like about Miley Cyrus is when she spent several years putting on black as a costume. I think that was fucking gross and I'm glad she pivoted away. I think it is annoying that she's only like barely kind of acknowledged it, but mostly has just been like, can we just like kind of forget about that? Um, 
Mm-hmm. But I loved the She Is Coming EP from last year. That was like one of my mother's daughter and that song with the the kid from the dual backwards word group, um, Ray Schremer and Sway Lee. Is it oh, he from yeah. Ray Schremer? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they have yeah. that really cute like <laughs> song. Um, which did you know Ray Schremer was ear drummers backwards? It did, and I just remembered that when you said it and it, it, that's what made me chuckle. It's why I also freaking forget that terrible ass name of a duo. It's so Ray Schremmer. Ray Schremmer. Um, well, right now, uh, Jesus Christ, what is that boy's name? Uh, never mind. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Sway well, Lee. Ah. Oh, oh yeah. Sway Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sway Lee. Sorry, I had a moment there. Um, Sway Lee. Are they still like, children, or were they just? No, Sway they're adults. No. Like they're, I, they're like over the age of twenty-one now. I think. Good for them. Uh, but I think that Sway Lee is doing his like solo thing mostly. Okay. Well, is he the one that could kind of sing? I mean, auto. And the other one couldn't. Auto tune singing, yes. I don't know sure. if that would actually like sing. I don't know that either. But Miley Cyrus can sing. She's proven over and over and over that she can sing. I love this song. I love the Stevie Nicks sample. I love. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. I I love the um I, like I love the, the visuals she put it out yeah. with it. Yeah, I just I love kind of glam rocky mullet Miley. I think that she is so much more of a kind of like uh glam rock star than she is at being a pop I think she's better at doing that than she is at being a pop star in some ways. And like I I'm excited for her to step in. I don't think I'll get an album from it, but I just like, no. I wish I li- I wish I liked Miley less. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, <sighs> really, are you serious? And I'm like, I can't fucking help it. I love Miley Cyrus. Um, and I love that song, but I get, I kind of get what you're saying. I think though she's been going in kind of this, that nothing breaks like a heart sample from the mm-hmm. Mark Ronson record is sort of like that too. I feel like that some of she, she is coming kind of sounded like that. I think it's a really spot on like mainstream diet of the shit. She's kind of been serving for a minute. Um, but, I wonder when we're going to get just like a full Miley album slash cultural like moment. I feel like she's been serving a lot of them and everyone just ignores it because like the banger stuff, while I still pick it up every once in a while, when you think of it, like the visuals of it were horrific. It was just gross. It was minstrelsy. It was disgusting. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, but like this, yeah, the songs themselves weren't like the worst and like, Oh, I mean, I still listen to them. Yeah, but like when you think about like all like the dreadhead shit, and then her like it was just a mess. It was um. But it's like I want another. I want another hit like, uh, like party in the U. No, like party in the USA. I, I'm serious. I, I mean, at least we can't stop is better than party in the USA. Like. Okay, first of all, party in the USA is a classic for children. It is All a I know song. is that it's like the one Miley Cyrus song that black people will like accept. <laughs> <laughs> I want another one of those. Is all I'm saying. She does a really, really amazing cover of um, Jolene. Oh, which speaking of which, Dolly Parton oh, came out let's talk this about week. That. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk How about do it. You yeah. feel? Okay, you, I, our friend Carlos was talking about this. Okay, and the whole time I kept thinking was the the only thing I was thinking was. Fuck, I want to know what Maddie thinks. Because you I mean, love Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. I have her tattooed on my knees for yeah. some reason. But um, <laughs> I, um, 
I think it's cool. I think, uh, and to anyone who doesn't know, Dolly Parton essentially was interviewed for Billboard. She has a new uh, Christmas album call, coming out, and basically she's just doing some promo for that. They asked her... A Christmas if, album? Yes. So she's like... I guess we are getting closer to that time. I know, I know. Time isn't real. <laughs> I know. But like, oh. that's what's happening. Um, Dolly Parton, a really good exploration of this before... So I'm not going to get into this. There was a... Dolly Parton's America was a podcast that came out last year. I have some, some issues with it, but essentially some of what they talk about, at least for a whole episode or two, is kind of the apolitical nature of Dolly Parton, how she has mm -hmm. created an entity of being this kind of like generally beloved person across all everything like you know races nationalities red blue like just like and i don't mean like colors i mean like political affiliations and like um and she kind of also has never been like this is what i believe this is what i support she's been like sort of vocal about gay marriage stuff but anyway i feel like what she is first and foremost is a businesswoman which i don't know if that's good or bad but that's what she is and i this comment that she was asked around the billboard thing or um was specifically around black lives matter and then they asked her about you know she three years ago four years ago at this point i think changed the name from her dolly parton's dixie stampede she changed it to the stampede so like you know four years before the chicks became the chicks like she changed it and her reasoning and what she was saying which is a very like old southern way of coming to things in some ways which is like i had no idea people didn't like that which i mean you not knowing that is a privilege dolly like you not knowing that is something that is like you get to choose mm -hmm. not to know that because of how you experience that word and that culture but 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 she's like but listen if you don't know something, you don't know something. But when you find out, don't be a dumbass. Like, why would you choose to hurt people once you know? And she's like, I found out. And I didn't think that there was anything that I needed to, like, stick up for. I'm not going to be a dumbass. It's a business. And so with Black Lives Matter, she said something like, what do you think, like, only our white little asses matter? Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, she, it was very cute in the way that Dolly approaches these things. I think it was still pretty... I don't know. It's not something to like herald. Do I think it's cool that she like says something? Yes. Yeah. I still think it's pretty mild. And like, she's always going to protect her bag over anything else. And at the same time, she's like an old stony witch. That's just like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think it's, it's when I think about how long Dolly Parton has been around and the things that she has seen and the, the, um, just the moments that she's lived through in America in this in the world um you know a piece of me is and i'm not like dolly parton fanatic but i am born and half raised like from tennessee right yeah. and i feel like dollywood was is a thing and i feel like um the grand old opry is a thing so i grew yeah. up around all of that i grew up as a child knowing dolly parton so like mad respect but mm -hmm. it's um for me it's like it took you this long girl like i've i'm yeah. what 32 and like i feel like i've known dolly parton my entire life and it's yeah. just like oh this is the first time i've ever ever heard her speak up for anything so like right. great welcome to the thing we've all been doing for a very right. long time but if i have to say if there's one thing that she like stood up for and if, if it's gonna be the first thing she has something to say about mm -hmm. uh for it to be black lives matter that feels good you yeah. know it could have been anything else, which it could have been. She 
dragged her feet in a way. Uh, to your point, she's about crediting her bag, but mm-hmm. I'm happy with at least for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and I think I land in the middle about it. Honestly, I'm I'm neither here nor there about it. I'm like, yeah, good. At least that's at least she didn't show up out of nowhere talking about all lives matter. <laughs> right. No, I mean that's that the cool thing is that like I bet at home she's like fuck Trump, fuck this shit, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know, like yada 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 yada. And then when she knows what it that for people who have loved her and grew up on her and the culture that she's in, it is more effective for her to say things that are about values blanket versus like a left policy or right policy or like a candidate if that makes any sense and in the culture of country music like that is a genre that like basically democrats get ousted of you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. so there is something i guess within that context and it's also just like great uh the person that pretty much everyone loves did something that everyone can love cool like you know like that's great like i just i feel like what are you gonna say you don't like dolly parton like it's like that just doesn't even there's nothing to dislike like it's harmless you know what i mean like it's intentionally like it's like disliking a puppy right right but a very like great writing skillful puppy <laughs> you met my dog no I'm joking. oh my god speaking <laughs> of other country divas uh shania twain and orville peck did this legend never die song how do you they feel thing. i listen if you know me you know that i listen to just about anything i cannot get into country music that's I fine just, i feel i don't feel bad like i don't care but it's you know just that southern part of me sometimes is just like, damn, I really wish I gave a shit about this, but like I don't. Yeah. Um, I watched the video, I listened to the song. It is a country song. <laughs> That's the best review I can give of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the video. I like the outfit that Shania Twain had on. I love the motorcycle. The, yeah, the Jada Essence Hall cameo. Like oh, I yeah. and Miss Toto from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I I live for that. I love the fact that it was at a drive-in movie theater because we need to go to a drive-in movie. So. Yeah, so um, yeah, um, but then it was cute. It was, yeah. you know, it, to me, it was just it was a country song. I, yeah, I can't. I think this is the issue. There are very few country songs I can tell apart from each other. That's totally fair. I yeah. mean, and and that to me is like so. When I have become interested in culture, country in my adulthood, it's like it's very much. Oh, I am finding that there are some country artists who exist maybe besides Dolly Parton, who exists sort of on this fringe, who use the tropes of the thing that contextually hate me. Like, mm-hmm. I can I completely understand, like, why would we be into country music? It's like essentially like seconds away from a fag bashing, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, it's, like yeah. it's, it's minutes away from a lynching, you know? Like it is the rallying cry, at least as a genre of hate, you know what I mean? And so, it's very, I, there is nothing surprising about disliking country. I, I did for so long. And then there's that twinge of adulthood where I'm like kind of playing on this nostalgia thing, but absorbing it in this new context where I know that these people are singing about things that I align with or mm. like they are using essentially like just very simple songwriting and kind of this idea of like, sing along now, grab your beer and sing along. But it's about like fucking or gay sex or loving Shania Twain, who which 
did she is she like a Canadian that came out as a Trump supporter or something? Like Shania that, Twain? I feel like there's Shania Canadian. Twain. Oh, she is Canadian. Isn't she? she is Canadian. And I think it, Orville is too. I I could What's be wrong. This Canadian? So I'm learning a lot from I mean Canada's I've been watching race. Canada's drag race. And yeah. I mean was Shania was Shania on that or was that normal US drag race that she was on? She was on normal US drag race. So then Ali um, X was just on. Which I haven't watched that episode yet. Um, fuck, where was I going with this? There was somebody else that was just... Oh, they did They did like a Celine Dion competition. Oh, right, 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 right. And I remember thinking like, I don't actually know much about Celine Dion. And then I learned yeah. like, oh, she turns looks. That's what she does now. Yeah. Um, that's her thing. And now you're telling me about Shania Twain. And I'm like, do I just have a thing for Canadian? And I could be wrong, but I think <laughs> Law Roach, that person from from whatever. legendary yeah, yeah i yeah. think that person is who turned around celine dion like he's one of her oh that's their, yeah 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 um i, I could mean, be wrong about that but like she hired a stylist in like 2018 and then was like and okay in there, my old age off. i'm gonna be this yeah, yeah 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 um i had never heard that song that drove all night song that they lip sync to is a cover but it's like a dance cover and it was mm-hmm. so good that was a great lip sync. I can't believe how long it was. It felt like nine and a half minutes of a lip sync. It was still cool, but I was just like, oh my well, God. Well, I became a Celine Dion, not, I'm not gonna say fan, but like going like, into oh, that I episode, it. I was just like, I don't think I, I just don't know much about Celine Dion and I don't yeah. think I get it. Like I don't- I know she's a weird Titanic woman. That's, I know like, that's what I know. I that one song with Titanic and people are obsessed with that song, but aside yeah. from that, what is the big deal? But then after watching that episode of Drag Race, I was like, Oh, I think I understand Celine Dion. Celine, yeah. one of you said. I uh, mean, she's just like kooky. Like she's honestly, kooky. I like. She it. reminds me kind of of like like the U.S. gets Mariah Carey kind of kooky, oh, where it's like kind of yeah this uh, rich kind of joke of the diva as personified, yeah. you know. But that's like a very American way to understand that. And like Celine is like the kind of like. Liza Minnelli mixed with that. You know, it's like, it's a little weird. Like, you're hitting, I think we're just going down a drag race rabbit hole at this point. Oh my God. You t- you brought up Liza and then I thought of Snatch Game and how great that Snatch Game was because it was just kooky and I just wanted to keep watching them do that. But yeah, it was good. I really we're not gonna like, have... <laughs> oh, go, let's do it. Let's do it. I really like Jumbo and- Lemon and Priyanka are my two just, I'm obsessed with mm. them. I like Lemon a lot. I think Lemon and Jimbo are my top two. I like don't want to like Lemon, but I really like Lemon. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's doing great. Like whether or not we want to like her or not, she's doing great. Yeah. Um, I don't like Rutabaga or whatever her name is. And I don't like... Um, honestly, I mean, I kind of like Priyanka. The thing that bothers me about Priyanka is a similar thing that bothers me about Miss Cracker is she stands ugly. <laughs> she, she stands ugly like she doesn't like stand oh my god I, do I stand do I stand ugly no cause you're fucking hot and you know that but like that's I, not no <laughs> we're talking about posture here like I mean that's part of a it. bad posture I mean that's part of it but it's about like confidence or something you know I mean like it's and you're also not trying to stand like a woman like if you were in a gown oh, standing the way that you stand maybe I'd be like, you're standing <laughs> funny. But like, it's like, like I know how Annalise Keating walks down the hallway with a basketball between her legs, but like, 
you don't have to emulate that if you're 22 years old. You know what okay. I mean? Like, I just did. like yeah. I don't, okay. I don't understand. <laughs> she comes walking down the runway sometimes, and I'm just like, ew! <laughs> like, can you not walk in heels? Like, why are you standing like that? Um, she's very funny and gives good confessionals. Honestly, my favorite part of RuPaul's Drag Race, though, is they sound edit different than the U.S. They'll have like. It mm-hmm. sounds like a YouTube parody video, the way that they, they'll be like little like ching ching and like, like little like almost cartoony, like, huh? like background little noises that are happening all the time in that show. I was like a little stoned watching it last week and I, it's the only thing that I could notice. You it's could very notice. strange. I love that they switched the, um, there's not like one, there's no RuPaul, right? There's no one host for the thing. Sure. They give it to the celebrity guests. So like, I kind of like that too. I love it. And I love that like they switch off who introduces challenges or who's like mm-hmm. the main speaker of the three judges. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Stacy. Like Sure. And I don't like Jeffrey. He got on my he's on my nerves now. I want Jeffrey to go home and then come back next season as Jeffrey. I want him to watch He's like trying real hard to give It's hideous. Something. It's awful. And it's not working. It's it, it's it's very bad. Whatever they're doing yeah. is very bad. Um and it's they often just for... have a bad taste. Like, it's working for Brooklyn. I feel like Brooklyn get, has yeah. been like very bitchy about things, but like I like it. Like it works for her. And and is warm though. I feel like yeah. it's like he's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. in on the joke a little bit. I think that I don't like sometimes how she like like you didn't win, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe you could have won against Evie Oddly if you incorporated some messier things into your life. Like her her distaste for anything that is a little bit like not pageant fully is like a little bit annoying to me. Like yeah. it, it bothers me a little bit. I'm like, but don't you see that what that person has is why you didn't win? But anyway, that's like, I. other than that, I do really like her as a judge. We, we just went on a drag race tangent. Yeah. Let's uh, bring it back Shania to the Twain and, and Orville <laughs> Peck, they did great. More importantly, very important, there's an election coming, and apparently yes. Joe Biden has announced um, his running mate, running partner. Yes, Miss um, Kamala. Kamala Harris. Listen, <laughs> she, I guess she claims being black. Um, yeah. As a black woman. <laughs> I'm excited about this. It makes me happy. I feel like I've, I'm, like, cautiously happy about it. Sure. Um, her sort of work with the prison system and with sort of crime in America um, it's something we all sort of know so I don't want that to sort of be lost and to understand that like she has contributed to the mass incarceration that's happened in this country and the yep. fact that like um, and has taken pride in it and has taken pride in it and the fact that I again I'm over here giving her props as a black woman I will do that but yeah. it's also just like haven't been necessarily helping out black folks so i it's hard to say i it's almost you know the thing and it's also a weird thing because like since she was going up against biden and now she's the vice president like who knows what that means for her future but i don't know it's a weird thing i i keep looking at it sort of as anything is better than what is currently going on so like if that's if this is the ticket that i'm gonna have to vote for then that's what I'm going to have to vote for because it's not going to be yeah. Kanye. And I don't even know yeah. anybody else yeah. that would be a write-in or as an independent that is yeah. worth the time. So. I mean, 
I'm trying to be mindful. Um, I am deeply frustrated by this ticket and I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time naming my deep frustration a lot, especially when, um, I mean, I've talked a lot of shit about Biden previously, but like when you sort of jump into talking shit, when a black woman is named as the vice president, it, 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 it it will always reek a little bit of massage noir, you know? Which almost feels a little intentional, if I'm being honest. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's, look, like here's it's, a shield to my fucking... No, like, you can't say anything, because, like, I have a no. black... It's, it's, but it's just it's like, almost I, like using a black woman's body and personality. And that's exactly what it's like. Killed, right? For, like, all It'd of It'd be cool if it was any type of actual honoring. It is, to them, the safest bet. It is, like... Yeah. Biden's been out here saying some crazy fucking shit about the monolith of the Latino and black community. So like, let's make sure that we have, um, you know, a, a black woman as the vice president to, you know, sort of make up for what happened with Hillary and then also new territories. And like, yeah, I mean, and to make, I mean, it's, it just, it builds on that. And listen, I, I don't agree with siphoning off votes. Right? Like, I think that, no, if you're Black, that does not mean you have to vote Democrat. I'm not going to say that that's what it is. Doesn't mean you have but, to vote. Right? But, like, I know Biden made comments a couple of months ago about, like, if you're not voting... I forgot what his exact words were, but essentially, like, if you're Black and not voting for me, you're making the wrong vote. Um, and I feel like the sort of pairing himself with Kamala is, like, almost doubling down on that in a way where almost like you can't argue it. It's just like, no, it's like you're still, you're, you're over, you're, you're attempting to get the black vote in the same way. I don't know. It it's is just, a very obvious power graph. It's an obvious power graph for the black vote. And it's it, just, it's also interesting to me that Biden's other running mate previously was Obama. So it's just like, what's this, what's up with you and the sort of connection of the black community and knowing that you need to be riding on like the coattails or sort of the yeah. like, the juxtaposition of you with a black person and like partnering with them yeah. is the thing that sort of this whole ticket just feels sort of icky because of that. Yeah. But again, they're gonna get my vote probably. Because yeah. It's just like I'm I'm not voting for the other people that are out there. So fuck it. If this is what we have to do, then so be it. And we'll see yeah. what the next four years have in store. According yeah. to me, I everybody's you know allowed to vote their own way. No, I know, I know, I. I I think that I definitely another time really want to get into how we need to stay on their asses to continue mm-hmm. to make sure both of these candidates don't believe in healthcare for all. Both of these candidates think that um, marijuana being illegal is a good thing. Um, both oh, of these both of these candidates. Right. Okay. So I, I like, I'm constantly being like, I need to not do this. And then I can't help but do this. I, um, I have decided that I will be voting for these folks. Um, it feels Mm -hmm. like the more responsible thing for, um, you know, uh, damage control for, um, you know, harm reduction. I get that the alternative is an alternative of evil that will impact folks much different than me, probably more than it will impact me. And I'm just so fucking frustrated that we have spent months in the street screaming, defund the police, and you pick 
a cop as your vice president. Like your timing the, is so weird because I think I hear people outside protesting. Oh my god, <laughs> that's weird. Just, just, they've made it up to my neighborhood. It's well, good. I, yeah, the police have been out the last couple of nights. I mean, so, this is what day eighty something. Yeah. It, Portland is still protesting y'all so <laughs> so Chicago and they're like getting yeah. bull rushed it just I just I can't it just it uh, the Democratic Party hates us they hate mm -hmm. us so much <laughs> and like I just like I I it, it's so it's about the power it's like they so they hate us but they know they need us for the vote and they just want us for the vote and are so, always going to cater to centrism versus yeah. new ideas they're always going to cater to that because it's new stuff is scary and I have money and health care and I like oil too yeah. we call fracks you know what I mean um, well this is the I feel like this uh all these caucus events and you know everything leading up to the dnc um i happening tonight that i we're not watching it yeah um i feel like i've been the last couple of years i've been way 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 more tuned into politics and i yeah. just feel like oh wow the fact that i know this dnc schedule um it's interesting because never in my life before this have i like cared about the democratic uh, what is it? National Convention. National Convention. Mm -hmm. I want to say Nominee Convention. Anyways, um, do you have any interest in who's performing at that, by the way? I, I'm going to tell you anyways. It's John Legend. Okay. okay. <laughs> Billie so Eilish. Chrissy Teigen all... will tweet about it? Like... Exactly. So we can get Chrissy Teigen's tweet. We have Billie okay. Eilish because she's Gen Z, and they need that vote hard. I mean, Sure. We got Maggie Rogers because it's Maggie Rogers and you need that vote because the people that listen to Maggie Rogers are... That's like Sad Guitar Girl or something? Yeah. I mean, I right. like Maggie Rogers, but I get her audience. Leon Bridges, Black Vote. The Chicks, there we go. I'm there. That was mine. I wasn't going to vote for you, but then I got the Chicks. Come on, Gaslighter. Jennifer Hudson, I'm there. I'm like, I'll take her screaming on a microphone, wailing about nothing, anything. <laughs> We got Billy Porter. He's, they're going after the gay vote hard. The black gay vote hard. Um, Prince Royce, who, sure. And then Stephen Stills? I don't know who that is. Do you? I have no idea. And I Probably just- Probably some um, white person that people fucking love that I just have yeah. no idea. I am, I'm having a hard time engaging with it just because I feel deeply, betrayed's the wrong word. I already knew that it wasn't for me, but- um, I just, I, I'm so frustrated at that. I, and I've decided where my vote is probably going to go that I am just, um, and I, but when I say probably going to go, I don't mean that I'm going to vote for Trump, right? Like that, it, those weren't my choices. And I head. thought you were if, going to the DNC and I said, girl, it's oh, no, no. the pandemic. We're not doing that. There is no place to go. No, no, no. <laughs> I guess I just mean, um, I, I've already decided what's going up. So there's not going to be anything I'm going to watch that's going to change my mind, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not that concerned. I've never, tuned into any Billie Eilish performance, so why would I tune into that? You know what I mean? Uh, I have zero interest in watching that girl perform anyway. And it's... Uh, she's an incredible singer. I, I like what she's doing for the kids. I, d does it does it spark joy? Goosebumps for me? Does it spark joy? <laughs> would I Marie Kondo Billie Eilish out of my life? Probably. Probably. <laughs> you know. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um... Uh, I, the other thing is like, uh, you know, speaking of, like the ways that the pandemic is happening and the, the president literally taking, um, you know, uh, 
USPS postal boxes out of communities and specifically communities that voted for Clinton last term. It is um, blatant voter suppression and um, you know, there's there's nothing really getting done about it. What I would suggest that you do is you request a mail-in ballot and then you do not mail it back. You make sure you go to your elections office, which is different than the polling places than you normally would be, and you hand deliver it to a ballot drop-off place or um, to the elections official in your municipal area. Um, that's what I would suggest doing. Um, voting in person probably isn't safe. Um, it's not really any uh, more secure. In fact, it's often a lot less secure. And if Folks in Oregon know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Vote and mailing's awesome. Um, but uh, we're, we're watching these blatant attempts at stealing an election, and it is scary. Um, it is. I would just quickly say before we move on, um, there's an album called Industry Games by Chica. She has a really cool Tiny Desk concert. Great album. Very, like, fun and, like, kind of a, a come-up story. And she looks cool she has like really fast raps and really slow raps um it it sounds really great it's a good little album and i then, clicked the little link you sent and it says advisory this video contains explicit language and i thought this is for me <laughs> um <laughs> there's also um this artist named bailey has a song called sushi for breakfast but she just released a remix with jungle pussy and that's the only reason i came across it but it is one of my favorite it's i've had it on repeat this week it's very like it's very like um like if you were riding a car on the midnight sky but you were like tripping on acid it's kind of like very bedroom poppy just kind of like it's sweet it's cute it's kind of like the um chilled down trader joe's like health food version of what i don't know if that makes any sense but if you listen to it let me know if that makes any sense um do you want to take oh, a break i like it i'm listening to it while you speak it's really good it's really good um well let's let's eight, listen to it on the break eight. and then do you want to talk about depression let's talk about it let's do it okay Welcome back, listeners. It's time to do the work. It's our favorite time. It's sometimes a rough time. It's sometimes a fun time. It's sometimes a little bit of both. But um, yeah, today's work is going to be a round drum roll. <laughs> Depression. Yeah. It's fun times, guys. No, um, I'll set this up. Essentially... We essentially, essentially, we um, it's a nipple a, rub. <laughs> yeah, it's like an essential, sensually rub nipple. Um, oh my god! Anyway, wait, have you seen that show Unwell on Netflix? Unwell. Oh, I I haven't seen it, but I've seen it pop up on my. Okay, the whole first thing is about essential oils. It's like we'll talk about it next week. I'm sorry. Essential is essential. I want to watch that. <laughs> okay. Or should I? I should. No, I because it, it's about the scam of it all. It's about. Oh, okay. It's about the ways that it can be helpful and then the ways that like marketing companies ruin a good thing with mm. like I put it on my watch list. Whatever. It's all Christian women. It doesn't matter. You were talking about depression. <laughs> They're correlated. No. Um <laughs> Oh my god, truly. <laughs> truly. No, I, I want to talk about depression because obviously we had a short episode last week because I was going through the thing. Yes, Maddie was moving as well, but <laughs> I was going through like a thing. Um, and that yeah. thing was a depressive episode. And 
I think that for me, one of the, I don't like to paint depression as like the one and only thing you need to take away from knowing about me. Because I know that there are a lot of people that do take that as the only thing. And then I get really annoyed because when I'm having a great time, they will still come at me in a way that's like, are you good? Like, is everything fine? And I'm like, oh my God, leave me alone. Like, like I'm- you're fragile. Like, I'm obviously I'm not here. a fragile person. It's like, I have episodes. It's fine. I, I personally uh, got diagnosed with depression. It was two, what is it? What year are we in now? 2020? So it was 2011. I'm going on 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, having been diagnosed with depression. And- a diagnosis, obviously, take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, you don't need somebody to write you a thing saying you have something to know that you have it. Um, but I think that nine years ago, when I sort of understood what was going on with me and got a better understanding of why I'm doing great, and then suddenly I am just not. Like, I am just, like, yeah. not in the mood. I don't want to deal with people. I'm, emo- I'm an emotional, like, mess. Like, I just want to cry. I sit on the couch all day. I eat whatever the fuck I want. Um, I didn't know what that was about. Mm-hmm. And growing up in a family that, and I spoke to this, you know, in the past, growing up with a family that didn't really like respect yeah. or appreciate mental health and self care and sort of the idea of therapy. Um, a lot of that for me was painted as, oh, he's just in like a mood right. or like he's moody. Or he's being teenage angsty, even though I was like well beyond the age of a teenager, mm. like in my mid twenties. And it's just like something doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't feel like teenage angst. It doesn't feel like oh woe is me because like this one thing didn't go my way, which yeah. is I think an easy way for some teenagers to fall into like depression. Yeah. At that point, it sort of ballooned into this thing, which is like I don't know what's causing this. Like I yeah. just I'm fine for months at a time. And then one day I wake up and I'm just not into it. I'm just not into anything. Um, yeah. I'm not into even getting out of this bed. Yeah. Um, I was going to say different from moodiness, like we understand that and like kind of sadness and the angst. It's more of a feeling of nothingness. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, I feel nothing. <laughs> it's not even, and that's the thing. It's not, you're right. It's not a sadness. And I think a lot of people like, it, for me, it they, they, a lot of people equate depression with like being sad mm-hmm. about a particular issue or thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not always that. Yes, the, and this is the thing where you have to understand triggers versus like cycles. When people just cycle through these things, right? And some people, they absolutely have triggers that cause something. I think I'm a little bit of both. I just sort of know when it's coming, whether something's triggering it or not. And I also know when something does trigger it. Um, uh-huh. But it's not necessarily a sense of sadness all the time. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely a sense of nothingness, a sense of I'm just not Mm -hmm. motivated. I have zero interest in this thing. Zero interest doesn't doesn't equivalent to like, I'm sad about it. It's just like, all right, the thing that I used to be really happy about was I get to see my friends today. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the idea of seeing my friends is just like, I have zero interest in yeah. doing that. Like, and that's where some of the sadness comes in is because you're recognizing things that normally bring you joy. You're not accessing the joy. It's like yeah. you can see it. And then you start to question if you did ever feel joy. You're like, was I really enjoying that? Or was did my brain just like trick me into thinking that I liked this and I really don't, I hate it. Yeah. Or it just doesn't offer me anything. I um, I feel... For our listeners, I, one thing I want to name is 
and I think you were touching on this, John, when it comes to diagnosis, like I have a depressive diagnosis too. Um, and, uh, so I have like generalized anxiety and then also a depressive mood disorder. And for me, I think um, I want to name that while that feels like an appropriate diagnosis for me, you're talking about triggers versus cycles. Some of these things that the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, especially DSM-5, has in relationship to depression and as like depressive uh, kind of triggers and things, I find are very normal human responses to things. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like uh, grief, loss, postpartum. Uh, there's plenty of things that can trigger that. Uh, a job loss, uh, a breakup, like all of these things are, there's pretty normal human reactions to rejection and, and death and all of these things. And sometimes those things can get diagnosed when there's an understanding of some sort of maladaptive behavior, which what it means that like you're sad for too long or like you, yeah. like, you didn't go back to work Right. It's negatively impacting some way of life that you're used to. Right. For and some it, period of time. It's like right. this and, negatively affected your life for four days consecutively. Right. And <laughs> maybe the ways that we understand death in this country don't allow for healing, which leads to people to having these weird outlets of what we call depression. But mm -hmm. I just want to name that I think um, there is both a stigma around depression, which like makes people afraid to name their diagnosis and talk about what it really feels like and looks like. And I'm excited for to hear more of what that looks and feels like for you. And I also just want to name that I, I think that there is something where there's like too much diagnosis of very appropriate responses to systems that are oppressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Um, that being said, when you say triggers versus cycles, what does that mean? So I, I assume cycles means more like I have relatively, if not manic mood, I have, that's more bipolar. I have like the mood of experiencing joy. I experience a range of emotions. I find interest in things. Mm -hmm. I have some hobbies going on, or I at least like enjoy the TV that I'm watching. Or when I get extra sleep, I feel rested. And yeah. then there's the opposite, which is, I am in a depressive mood, which can last, you know, three days to three weeks to three months where mm -hmm. people don't interest me. I either eat too little or too much. I either sleep too little or too much. I either uh, drink too little or too much, you know, like all right. of these things where yeah. it's like the way that it manifests in terms of behavior is really varied across experience. But how does that show up for you? For me personally, it is, so one, I think that cycles, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, you probably do understand the idea of a, a depressive cycle because seasonal On seasons is a thing, right? Like I think that between November and like April, you understand like, oh, this is a cycle. Like I go through depression in these months and then the month that I'm not in this, I'm fine. That's one, that's one form of it. I think that then there's the form that I sometimes experience, I just know, huh, it's been about two and a half months, maybe three since I've had an episode. Yeah. One's probably going to come soon. And it doesn't mean that I'm wishing it on myself or that like, I want it. It's just to say that like, I always have to sort of be aware of how much time I've been in, 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 an, uh, in a state of sort of joy or like normalcy, if that makes yeah. sense. And it's also the reason why the comorbid comorbidity which is just like something occurring at the same time one uh -huh. almost occurring at the same time as another 
um, it's the reason why the comorbidity between my anxiety and depression is so high, right? Sure. Because when I'm not depressed, then I'm anxious about when I'm going to be depressed again mm -hmm. um, and what that's going to affect and if it's going to happen at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this time for me, it was like, I'm about to start a new job that I'm actually really excited about. But now I've had this episode that I can't control. Yeah. And now I'm anxious about whether or not I'm going to like be able to get out of this episode before I start my new job, mm -hmm. because that's going to start to impact things for me there. Um, but for me, I will say it's a little cycle, but it's mainly triggers. It's mm. most of the stuff that I work with my therapist on are triggers. The fact that there are a lot of triggers in life that I'm not going to be able to control and that I have to figure out sort of a game plan for what to do when those triggers come up, um, versus just saying, oh, life is terrible. Like these are just people are going to say these things. Life's going to work out this way. I'm always going to be triggered. I'm always going to fall in depression. So what's the point? And like, yeah. you just sit there, um, which is at one point what I was, I was very much so just like across the board. I just have interest in nothing because there's no point because at some point I'm going to be sad. So why even try to be happy about something? Sure. Um, what are some of those triggers for you? For me personally, it is, <laughs> there's a lot of family stuff. Um, okay. just depending on the conversation I have with parents or with grandparents, it can spark something where I just start to judge myself and mm -hmm. really start to beat up on myself. Um, I think that a thing with me that I'm working with my therapist on, um, I, I hold myself to a very, 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 very high standard. Yeah. That, you hold yourself to like a golden child standard. Yeah, like, and it's impossible to meet. And I know it's impossible to meet, but yet yeah. here I still am doing it at every sure. corner that I can. Sure. So a lot of my triggers have to do with that. It has to do with me coming to a realization at some point that like I'm not at a certain point in life that I want to be. Whether that at one point it was my career. It was, oh my God, all my friends make more money than me and I don't make that much. Now I'm sad, right? Or I just like, I don't fucking care anymore. I give up on everything, right? Um, relationships. It's definitely been, and I can own up to this. This is what calls the one that happened a couple of weeks ago that impacted my ability to record last week. And I can own up to okay. this. I legitimately was sitting there for a minute, just like, oh my God, I've been single for so long. I think that I'm just going to be single the rest of my life. <gasps> you come into this world alone and oh my God, I'm going to die alone. And that's yeah. the other thing is that I start to spiral. Is if there's nobody there to sort of, I live alone. I'm a very independent person. Mm -hmm. so if, but the thing is with that hand in hand, if nobody is there to catch me when I start to spiral, I just spiral. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not able to sort of pull me out of it at the very beginning, nothing's going to pull me out mm -hmm. of it. Um, and that sort of happened to us a couple of weeks ago. I had already sort of started my spiral and I tried to pull myself out of it by hanging out with you and a few of our other friends and, trying to be social and really trying to like be open about things and it just wasn't working and it was I now know because again I've been going through this for nine going on 10 years now it's just like oh I didn't I didn't catch this early enough <laughs> like mm. a lot of it for me is about catching the depression as soon as I feel it happen mm. um, and because of that I've had to become really aware of the things that trigger me um, including relationships work um family like there's just certain i have to go into some conversations prepared like to be triggered so that i know what to do right after the fact I see okay so, I, you feel... know, I always have to sort of be on which is yeah paired with being black 
scared of being gay, also just sort of having to be always prepared for like a depressive episode. There is, I can't express enough to you, Maddie, and to listeners, like how much mental energy goes yeah. into just like living sometimes. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I think, um, I think some of this shared understanding is one of the reasons that we were able to like connect across the room even before we started talking or hanging out all the time you know what I mean like there was just like not everyone uh, some people are gifted (laughs) with the opportunity to experience life without the dread that you won't be able to enjoy it soon you know Mm -hmm. like um, that sounds so nice (laughs) or um, our experiencing such anxiety around how you're being perceived because of a depressive episode that you had the week before. Like, um, I mean, at this point with you, I kind of know if I don't receive a text back from you in like eight hours, I sort of assume you're not feeling well. Yeah. And, uh, like I, so, and then there's the kind of thing as a friend where I'm like, okay, do I challenge this person or challenge is the wrong word. Do I let this person know that I know I can see or understand maybe what's going on mm-hmm. and want to offer like space to talk or even just like your scene. You don't need to like go into oblivion. You know what I mean? Like there's like, you're, there's, there's someone that gets it. You don't have to take time explaining it to me, but just like know that there's someone that knows because if you're still here next week, I might have a different question for you, you know, or I might have like a different challenge for you, or I might have like, oops, I just dropped by, (laughs) like, you know, like I, I, who knew I just had lunch on my arms and like, I guess I just showed up here. Like that is like a different type of thing, but that is a hard balance. Like I know that, um, and I'd love to hear more of your understanding of that. And I also just want to name that for me, when I was, when I, would experience these deep depressive episodes which i mean the reality is just thankfully i just like i haven't had one in a while and i don't know i don't want to like call the spirits in to, to like have one but i, I just i haven't had one well, in a while. we won't let that happen yeah and and part of it honestly is i i started an antidepressant um probably november very mild and I've talked to other people and when I've named what I'm on, they're like, yo, that did not work for me. <laughs> so like, I'm not even going to try mm. and I'm not going to try and uh, hawk medicine because I don't, I don't think that that's the only thing that helped me. I think unfortunately being in a relationship helped me. I, I understand what it's like to be single and I understand like, unfortunately. well, what I mean is um, when you're single, sometimes that like it's just what you said. There's no one there to catch you. There's no one where to kind of watch you be like, you know, you haven't left. Like when you're in a relationship, if you stay in bed for two days, there's someone that sees you stay in bed for two True. days. <laughs> like, <there's> a, <laughs> or even if they don't say anything, you just know that they know. And you're like, uh-huh, fine. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but even in a relationship, you know, there's been times where, uh, I would be like really struggling to like start a task or really struggling with an emotion that I was feeling so deeply, but could not, I was feeling depressed because I couldn't like articulate what I was feeling and it was hurting me. And I was like, 
And then so I am with someone and I'm like suddenly experiencing depression alone because it's not manifesting in the kind of like do nothing, feel nothing kind of way that it normally does. But um, when I was single and when I would be more depressive and isolate, there's not really any answer you can tell someone that cares about you how they're supposed to react to you. And yeah. it's like, it sucks because like people want to help and you're like, but I don't want you to be witness to this. Like I, I don't want to show you how long I cannot shower. I don't want to show you how many pizzas I've ordered. I don't want to show you. Yeah. And when you say all of that to someone who cares about you, they're like, that's not even that weird girl. And you're like, I know. Oh, I'm I don't ha- know I'm that. so happy you're naming this because it's, it's like this weird, when I'm depressed, I'm equally both leave me alone. And also I really wish you knew how to talk to somebody that's depressed. Yeah. And I remember the last relationship that I was in. Listen, I won't name it on the first date, second date, third date. But at some point, I will. I like. T- I let it be known. Like, I this is something that I deal with because it's just it's fair. People should know. But I also feel like based on my last relationship, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm dating somebody that like doesn't know how to deal with somebody that's depressed. Yeah. And like me having to educate that person on that on top of going through it. It's just like, I'd rather you, I would I would rather when I'm depressed, you come to me and say, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. Like I have much more respect and sort of, I, I don't get more depressed, I guess, from like somebody approaching me or from somebody wanting to help, but being sort of like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because, pretending like you do or sort of saying the cliche sort of things will get better or like just stick it. Like, I don't know. People sometimes feel the need to just say something to say something because they don't want to come off as like. Well, there's also been all these like social media campaigns, especially around suicide that are like, always reach out, make yourself available. But then it's just people texting you to be like, I care about you. And you're like, thanks. Thanks. I I know. That's not. Like what I'm depressed about right now. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing for me is that a lot of times I'm just like, I'm not, I, I am not depressed. And my mother has been guilty of this where she'll be like, you know, you got a lot of people that love you and care for you. And I'm like, I know, like, that's not what I'm sad about. Like, I'm not, I understand there are people in my life that love and care for me and want me to live. I'm not on the verge of suicide just because I'm depressed, right. which is another thing is I think people just associate, Oh, you're depressed. You're going to go kill yourself. And it's like, that thought just has entered my mind before but like it is not a consistent thought for me where like every time i'm depressed i'm like i'm gonna go die now like it's usually again because i've been doing this for almost a decade it's like i understand what my depression is and i understand that it is depression and that at some point it passes it's not gonna pass on the timeline i wanted to pass on Mm -hmm. but like it's going to pass at some point so managing depression for me is equal parts me having to learn to go to my support system, right? Like it's another thing you learn in therapy is that like my expectation can't be for everybody to like approach me when I'm depressed and like mm-hmm. give the cliche statement of like, I'm here for you whenever you want to talk. Yeah, I sometimes have to force myself like, Sean, it's been two days. You have not texted anybody back. You have got to text people back. And I know yeah. you don't want to. And I know you don't feel like you should have to, but like... Mm-hmm. 
do it. It's going to make you feel better just having some form of communication with somebody. And that is, I lie to you not, is the thing that usually pulls me out at some point. At some point, I start texting again and do that for a few days. And then I'm like, all right, now I can start agreeing to like go to a thing or to like see a person or to at least like let a person bring me a gift or bring me a thing that I might need. Um, I mean, because like it feels good to wallow. Like it feels so yeah. good. Like like there's something so soothing and comforting. Uh, my friend Jordan, who I moved out here with, um, I had this one sweater that if she saw me wearing it. She'd be like, "Uh oh, that's your sweater." <laughs> like she, sweater. she she just like she knew that she didn't tell tell me that she loved me like three times if she saw me wearing it just because like it was what I would wear when I like wanted to like eat soup and be soup. I like wanted mm-hmm. to sit in my bed and like, I mean, the fir- before the first time that I went to therapy, these depressive episodes would literally last me sometimes like up to two weeks. Like I think the worst one, maybe up to a month almost like, yeah. and uh, because I didn't have any experience with therapy or any experience with any kind of like mental health language, I had no idea that that's what was going on. I thought I just was not feeling well or like I didn't even maybe even notice that I felt different I just knew I didn't want to do anything and then at that point if you're like a young adult and you get to make the choice to not do anything there's no one else holding you to anything else it kind of feels good to make the choice to do nothing and which is part of my issue now is that I that was my coping mechanism for all of my teenage years all of my 20s so now as an adult having to sort of relearn a better way to to deal with my depression is yeah. like, ah, and it's and then that contributes to the guilt a little, right? It's a little yep. like I know that I need to be making myself available and social and vulnerable and just tell people like this is what's going on with me, but I don't mm-hmm. want to, and therefore I'm not doing it, and now I feel guilty about that, which is feeding the depression more because I'm not doing the thing that I need to be doing to make to help myself feel better, not right. make myself feel better because that doesn't always solve it per no. se. Because depression isn't something you solve. There's no cure, listeners, in case you're ever wondering. There's no it's just cure a, for depression. It's just a wave you ride. You it's know? a wave like, you ride. You learn to manage it. And that's, I can't harp on enough that, like, knowing when it's coming, having a routine, having a support system, like, having the people around you that are going to, like, prop you up or at least just, like, get it. And, like, if you want to be left alone, like, are going to leave you alone knowing you're not going to go hurt yourself. Right nothing compares to like I my depressive episodes now compared to them six or seven years ago are tremendously better they used to Mm -hmm. last like a month years ago now it's probably about a week or two that I'm just like I my friends get it they know what's going on with me they know I'm either being pretty snippy or bitchy about nothing (laughs) and it's like or I just and those are like the pre-signs like the signs before the nothing is you bumped into me the wrong way and I'm like, your mother deserves to get fucking hit by a truck. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, Sean, it's coming. Yeah. And then it happens and I I think friends like you, like Carlos, um, like Spencer, like Noj, like I'll say y'all by name because you, y'all get it and like you know when it's happening and like I think that you all have learned me enough now to know like what to do and you guys Mm -hmm. don't force me to talk about it when I don't want to, but you mm-hmm. also let it be known that like y'all are around and you don't hit mm-hmm. me with a bunch of like, 
Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine, motherfuckers. Like, leave me alone. I just I feel want like to sit here. <laughs> because I'm an anxious person, I sometimes can't, like, fully just let it go. But what I've decided is, and you should let me know if this works or not. Um, but what I've decided is that, like, if I've asked you something and then you don't text me back for, like, a day, my next text is not going to be either a repeat of that or something. It's going to explicitly be, like, hey, are you needing some alone time right now? Which is like code for things we both know. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm noticing, is this it? Even just a thumbs up. Like even mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. yep. Then it's like, okay, great. I will talk to you in a couple of days then. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like uh, and if I don't hear from you in a couple of days, then that's maybe when I'll reach back out and be like, do you need something different this time? Like, do you need like, what, are you feeling something different this time? Because then that is like, at least in the ways that I've known you and gotten to know you better over the course of this year. I mean, I know I've I've known you longer than a year, but I feel like we've gotten closer this year. It's like, there's that, um, I can, I know how long these cycles are for you just because of, even before we were close, how often I would see you. Like, I didn't know I only saw you once every couple weeks because that was the emotional energy that you had to spend outside of your immediate circle, you know? like Now that I'm closer in on that circle, it's still like, oh, that's what that was always. Like, I thought that they just didn't like me. And it's like, no, they just need alone time more. Which is the thing a lot of people get. I, if you know how many friendships, relationships, like, and I mean, like, relationships romantically, just casually, platonically, like, if you knew how much, actually, I know that you know how much, that, like, depression affects those things, and yeah. how many times I have been, like, fuck, I, like, am supposed to go on this date right now, and I really yep. just can't do it, and, like, and I don't want to go on the date and tell the person on the date, like, date one, hey, have you ever heard of a depressive episode? I'm having one right now. Like right. I, it's a hard topic to broach, and yeah. like I, I keep coming back to this place of, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's just a, like every episode we could talk for like We're five doing great. hours about it. But yeah. again, I keep coming back to this place of your depression definitely affects other people. And I, I've learned through sort of meditation that like the energy I'm giving off has an effect on other people and whether mm-hmm. or not I want to do something about that or not is one mm-hmm. thing. Um, but that for me has been a, a place of both guilt and also motivation where yeah. like I am in a mood, these people want to hang out with me and I don't really want to hang out with them. Yeah, and what's wrong with them that they want to hang out with me? exactly and i'm like like, i'm not even that fucking fun why do you want me around right right um and i also think that there's something you and i both experience in in different ways but in similar ways which is when we feel great we feel great Mm -hmm. like and we can um put every ounce of confidence into the times when we're feeling great that I think people sometimes don't read us as vulnerable or depressive because we keep that sheet secret. And so wow. they, that nail on the head. they think that we are stronger than we are because when we come out, when we offer that to people, we are who we are, you know, yeah. and we like declare it and we demand space and we have a bitchy eye and we, and we like are kind and like, nah, 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 you know, like all those things that read as, 
okay, they have a job, they are loved by their friends, they have a dog, they have their own house. Especially for someone like you, you reach a lot of the measurements that you hold yourself to, but you're also never satisfied with whatever you reach. You know, exactly. like, so, so I I'm mean, always like the next thing. Like I, and this is the thing. This is part of the thing. This is part of the trigger. Like right. in addition to just being single and being like, uh huh, what was me? I'm like alone for the rest of my life. Um, in addition to that, it was also like I got a new job true. and I had to realize like, oh my God, I'm, I'm being triggered by the fact that I got a new job and I made it to a new like level in life. And now I'm in this pit of despair because I'm like, what's the next level? I got to the next level oh and now I got to fucking get on it and I'm tired and I don't want to get on it. And like, when am I going to start concentrating on these other things in life that mm -hmm. aren't just my career? Um, it's, you know, I, I mean, depression, it's always a lot. There's always, it's a multifaceted thing. There's never... And those are great questions to ask yourself. Like, both things can be true. <laughs> both things can be true. I know. It's just, it's insane. And I just, I keep, for me, I keep coming back to the guilt I feel around my depression, which then fuels my depression. Yeah. Um, and I also come back to this place of, I'm always this so-called strong person, this sort of... I'm a black man who knock on fucking wood, like has not yet sort of mess, mess, quote unquote, messed up in life or like yeah. has made it a lot further than a lot of other black men my age. Have yeah. made it. And that is also a thing racially and culturally that is always in the back of my head yeah. where I have this thing where I'm always waiting on the other shoe to drop. Again, yeah. a thing me and my therapist are working on. She's just like, why do you always think something else bad, like something yeah. bad has to happen yeah. or something good happens? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just feel like it can't be this good for me when most black people are like experiencing this and I yeah. literally am not. Like that doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I feel like something bad has to happen. So then you create this whole self-fulfilling prophecy where like I have very much so sabotaged myself and have very much so like gotten in my own way on purpose because of some narrative I was telling myself. Yeah. And then it's like, why did you do that, Sean? Like, why yeah. did you feel it's again, we could go on for hours about it, but like yeah. the things that feed this are very much so culturally instilled and very much so self-instilled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, you've already touched on this, but I, I want to be also more explicit that even though we are talking about things that really hinder our lives sometimes or have been worse than they are now, I think we can both say that uh, to some extent, our depressive disorders are... Um, not to the level that is like every week you're going through a cycle, you no. know, you're like, or, and, and that is a very different thing or a very different level of depression where suicidal ideation and or planning yep. is a part of your monthly regimen. And like, that is, that, that is an experience that we're not speaking to right now and we're touching on it. You know, I just want to name that there is sometimes yeah. a difference. And unfortunately we only There's have one name for this shit. thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are levels to depression. Absolutely. Right. I don't think that I am at the most severe, like a 10. Mm -hmm. um, I know for a fact I'm not at a 1, though. So it's right. like... Well, I wasn't meaning to rate us exactly. No, no, I no. Just no. And, say, I, like... and I'm not trying to, like, compare experiences or anything right. like that. But you're, you're, you're hitting a point where, I mean, there is a spectrum for most anything when it right. comes to mental disorders, illness, right. struggles, experiences. Like, there's just, mm -hmm. there's a spectrum. It doesn't mean one is 
worse than the other. It's just that I'm yeah. at a point recently, there was a point, but like recently I haven't been in a point where like suicide ideation or planning sure. has popped up. But, but it's hey, about- if you're depressed, it could, one depressive episode could be very, very, very mild and one it could be very severe. Right. You never know how it's going to pop up. The worst right. I ever went through was <sighs> earlier this year, honestly. It was back in February. I think yeah. that in February, that was the worst I had ever felt in my life where I was mm. like, it's what really triggered me sort of, not to sprung sort of the, I need to find another therapist in Portland mm. because I'm now like kind of scared about yeah. how depressed I was. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really I mean that's that's honest and real I know that I first started going to therapy because I was like I'm normally someone who's this 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 and this and this and I have not been any of those things in the last three months what the heck is going on yeah. <laughs> like what yeah. the heck and I um I think also you know w- this episode may not be an episode where we talk a lot about tips and tricks etc i think that we just kind of wanted to have an honest follow up to our blank episode last week you yeah. know and and where that came from and how uh that was uh, an honoring to me of the ways that you can be supportive in a friendship you know what i mean like i knew without you talking to me and then also explicitly talking to me, you know, I threw out a few ideas of how we could engage with this last week. And one of the ideas was doing what we did and you picked up on that. And to me, that's like a way to love in, in these types of relationships. It's a way to honor friendships. It's a way to say like, I can be adaptable. Like you can be adaptable. I are my expectation of you or my expectation of someone I love with depression is not that you have to be the person that you are all the time because no one is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like no one is that. And I, and if you love someone who knows and holds themselves to such a high standard, I think that showing them and offering them, that they are loved when they're not at their primo is like, it's a very simple offering that I think can kind of sometimes start to undo the, the ugly shit we say to ourselves, you know? And I think. No, I'm going to keep saying that to myself. That's, that, that's fine. I mean, I'm I don't joking. know about One of these days, his voices in my head will shut the fuck up. But yeah. as of right now, I'm still very much so like, I have to be at 100% all mm-hmm. the time. And there's ways to, you know, you're talking about meditation. I think I think slowing down mm-hmm. the depression is really helpful. I think, uh, like you're saying, kind of recognizing those earlier signs so that when you have the heavy feeling, if you've at least had some thought earlier in the week that you might be coming along, when you experience the heavy feeling, like the waterfall of the feeling, you're at least not, you, you can at least kind of be like, this is depression. <laughs> like, it yeah. doesn't feel like truth. Because that is the scariest part about it sometimes, is when you're in it, when you're being drowned in it, when you are surrounded by it, if we're going with the wave metaphor again, when you're being pulled by the undertow and just kind of like tumbling underneath the water, like, you don't know that it's a current. You just think no. that you're dying, you know? And then... I'll say it again for the people in the back. It's but, 
It's but hard to recognize out. it. When you're in the middle of it, it is so hard to pull yourself out no. and, like, zoom. Not even pull yourself up, but, like, to zoom, zoom out. It, and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> it is It is a deep nothingness. that, and, and maybe we can have more of, like, an episode around the physicality of depression versus the thinking part of depression, like, just yeah. in the way it shows up in our bodies. But I don't know. I, 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 I think you've done a really awesome job this week of uh, allowing us um, some kind of real time learning and understanding with something specific that happened last week, just cause, um, I don't know. I think, I think that we are putting pressure on ourselves to be X, Y, and Z to folks that have offered us really kind words about what this podcast does for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that I feel very honored to be able to offer that. And I found that it was more truthful for us to offer what was happening in our mental health <laughs> than, than it was to pretend one. it wasn't going on yeah. because that's what contributes to the thing that mental health is something that is to be achieved versus something that is always worked on. Over the last couple of years, I have learned when people say like, how you been? How you doing? You really want to know? Cause I'll let you know if you yeah. really want to fucking know versus it just being a casual cordial thing that you need to say. But Again, we should have a whole other episode on like being a friend or a family member with somebody that's depressed and yeah. sort of learning what to do with depression coming at you. Right. Um, because again, I just think a lot of people don't know what to do and a lot of people don't educate themselves on it because um, they see depression as this sort of one isolated event that happens in somebody's life. And right. it's not that by any means. It is a wave, cyclical triggered thing that can pop up and rear its little head i'm not even calling it an ugly head it can rear its little head mm-hmm. whenever it wants to um and it's not solely on somebody else to deal with it it's no. on the person who's suffering from it and yeah. and struggling with it um mm-hmm. but yeah okay. I'm, I'm happy that like we had this conversation i am happy to have been vulnerable just now it sounds not silly, but just a little like I don't know. I'm happy that I stated that. I think that it's 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 nice okay. You're I, breathing. I'm breathing. Good. Yeah. It's nice to know over these last few years that I struggle with depression and that I'm getting better and better every year at sort of just like naming what it is yeah. to people versus trying to pretend like it's something else or just like, oh, I'll be fine in like a couple of days. Sorry. There was a point where I would lie to people and straight up just be like, oh, like people are in town or like, yeah. oh, this like, no, no, no. I am depressed right now. That's what's going on. I'm not expecting you to have an answer for it. Like, I that's what it is. This is what it is. And I will be fine. Give me a few days. I know how this goes and we'll be right back to normal. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will be right back to take some meds. All right, friends, we are back um, to take some meds. I am going to get this out of the way first. Um, My meds this week are, uh, I had a really awesome time this weekend um, with my partner and his best friend, who I now care a lot about, and sharing that space with them was like super awesome. But but what I am focused more on this week is I had a really cool FaceTime with my brother because um, when I was on my way out to um, 
this house where we spent some time, I got a text that a cousin had died. And it was weird because I don't think, I have not thought about this person in many years. Like we, we were not close. I saw them very rarely. And I just received a very cold message that had like a link to an obituary. Like it was a very oh. weird, it was weird. But um, my brother was kind of like the only person on this planet that could kind of know what I was thinking about or talking about or it having inside my head. And for some reason I hesitated reaching out specifically to him because I was like, well, I don't want to burden him with the sad stuff that I'm feeling kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And then I just decided, you know what, like they'll get it. And I talked and we laughed about it and, and, and not to, uh, laughing at the death. It was a very sad thing. And even if I don't um, know how to really place family death that I'm not very close with, I was at least able to process it with my brother and um you know, his fiance was there too. And I was able to like smile and laugh with her. And I don't know, it was just like, it was a very healing kind of moment that didn't take a lot of forethought, which is why I appreciated it even more. It was it just kind of like, I just hit dial and it happened and was able to process some of that. So I would really appreciated that. Um, I also got to see some like pigs and horses and quails and bats and a bunch of wild animals today. Are you just naming categories of gay guys? That's it. That's it. Yeah. I (laughs) identify as quail. Um, (laughs) what are your, what are your meds? Um, my meds this week are my New York City besties. I should stop calling them my NYC besties. They're just my best friends. Um, <laughs> we call ourselves the Three Musketeers. Shout out to Charles. Shout out to Gary, um, who have both been on this podcast. Yeah, the babies. The babies. They are in Portland right now. They are literally sitting in the other room watching Mission Impossible. They're like, can you guys shut the fuck up? <laughs> Honestly, I, for a second, I was just like, can you hear them watching Tom Cruise scream at a helicopter? Because that's <laughs> literally what they're watching right now. Um, Justice but no, for I'm Tandy happy- Newton. <laughs> um, I'm happy they're in town, though. They um, flew here from New York City. I was a little anxious about it, but uh, yeah. they're fine. They're actually, they're great. So. <laughs> I'm you know, excited always, to maybe meet them tomorrow. I, I hope I've, you I've, do. Yeah, I think it'll happen. It, it would be weird if they were on the podcast and then physically here in real life and you didn't even get to like, at least from a distance, say hello. I know. I'm going to try. I think it'll happen tomorrow. We're going to make it happen tomorrow. But yeah, <laughs> I'm happy that they're here. Um, they don't leave till for another couple of days and we are going to hang out and be the the ratchet ass birds that we are <laughs> not <laughs> birds <laughs> oh my god not the birds um, the birds. <laughs> uh, all right oh do god. you want to okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a very special honor right now oh don't take it lightly you want me to cut I, my bangs i <laughs> what don't you dare <laughs> um i'm gonna let you leave the homework this week okay Shh, uh chit uh, okay. uh, no, just kidding. Um, I think the homework for me is, um, I think Sean and I both named uh, that both education for ourselves as well as kind of educating or teaching other people about us was very helpful for us. In, in the field, we call it psychoeducation. So within like CBT kind of stuff, a lot of the learning that comes with that is kind of just explaining mental health and that 
jargon and those symptoms to people and they're like, oh my God, that is what I'm feeling. And then there's empowerment and knowing. Um, I would just encourage you to spend some time doing some research on depression. Um, if you're not experiencing it, someone you love does. And you might see some symptoms and be like, oh my God, that's what happens to Jeffrey every three weeks. And mm -hmm. I've been a dick to them every fucking time that they don't text me back when really I could be kind especially if I don't suffer or deal with this thing. So my, my encouragement is to do some research on, research on depression um, in our link tree and in our recs and resources doc. I'm definitely going to put some information there as a place to start. Um, I like to use the phrase that we do the Googling for you, but it is also a starting point. So um, that's my, that's my encouragement. And I think if you're someone who is feeling well and experiences depression and feel like you could call in a friend or two that you haven't maybe offered a disclosure around some stuff, um, that is a form of education. And I think we can be educators about our own experiences different than an internet article talking about random quote clients looks like for folks. So um, sometimes it takes someone you love to to showcase it and experience it. Um, does that feel like an okay homework? Do, did I get an A on my offering of homework? You got an You're A like plus, C minus, girl. So. Yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm that makes me really happy. Go mm -hmm. out there and do that, y'all. It's really, it's actually, it, it will make a difference. I promise you. Yeah. So. Don't forget to follow us on QBT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Oh my God, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Oh, shit. I think we just came up with the social media. <laughs> oh, my God. Donald Trump <laughs> needs to quit her. Okay. At QVT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe and share and give us those five-star reviews. Please, darlings, I need them. I need them. I need them. Thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And big thanks to Allie Kiltz for helping us with editing. You can listen to her podcast, Trace Material, about the history and future of hemp. Um, if you... If you leave us a review any review i don't care what it says and what star you give us i mean i prefer five stars but if you leave us a review and you let me know in the dms i will and then you give us your venmo i will send you a dollar I don't know okay. if I'm allowed to say that legally. Absolutely, I think <laughs> it's fine. Me. <laughs> I think I think a dollar or a titty pick. I, I mean, I'm I'll send you a dollar or a titty pick. You get to decide which one. You <laughs> I, you're you, like it doesn't even have to be my titty. It's just. Like, <laughs> I will send you. A, it don't got to be my dollar either. Oh I'll my send god! You a dollar from somebody and a titty pick. I'll send you a pick of somebody else titties. <laughs> that's that Megan line um, um, that was embarrassing okay <laughs> review, review subscribe share review write a review give us five stars and um, you might get something I don't know you're definitely gonna get some insight and laughter and love um yikes okay. bye okay. wow <laughs> and on that note adios Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>